Hello everyone, welcome back to Chronicles of Curiosity. My name is Mason. And I'm Katie. And this week we're having a discussion about something that's been kind of top of mind for a lot of the public these last few months. Uh, not just within the paranormal and true crime community communities, we're talking about the Fermi Paradox. Um, but before we get into that, is there anything you've been curious about this week? Yes, actually. So I've been thinking about um, iced coffee versus hot coffee. And I know, and also like iced versus hot teas and iced drinks versus hot drinks seasonally. Are you one of those people that has a preference? Yeah, I prefer, so I'd like the summertime better in every Mm -hmm. way. Um, but I actually prefer hot drinks. So I'll all drink, year round? Yeah, I'll drink hot, hot drinks all year round, like uh, mid-July when it's 110 degrees oh. outside. I'll be drinking like a hot coffee. Not outside, like I'm not going out onto the patio and <laughs> drinking yeah. out there. But what about you? I am kind of the opposite. I will drink an iced drink all year round. But if I'm feeling, like if it's cold outside and I'm feeling a little bit chilly, then I will want a warm drink because it makes me feel cozy. Yeah. But you will never catch me drinking a hot coffee like if i'm going out to get a coffee like from a coffee shop or something and it's like 95 degrees outside i am not getting a hot drink i will be getting iced no matter what but like going to work in the morning i'll take a warm coffee with me because i'm going inside and it's kind of cold in my office and so yeah i think a big part of why i never get uh cold coffee is because i almost never get coffee like out and about yeah like i'm never at starbucks or, or dunkin donuts or wherever else um yeah no you're not like a i'm gonna go get coffee and go to target and run errands kind of thing (laughs) that's me i am that yeah no no i i have a hard time you have you have so many rewards and so many gift cards and things i i don't i have a hard time justifying the price when i could make a coffee at home or i could run to panera and get a free coffee a little treat a little treat yeah no that's fine it's just i would rather get like you're also food or an ice cream yeah and you also prefer like a simple beverage like you just want like a plain black black coffee yeah i want like the caramel swirl and a little bit of creamer and some liquid sugar and yeah yeah you're paying for like the ingredients and the experience whereas i and the sound of when you shake your drink or when you when you uh like swish it around you get that nice ice shake that's the sound that yeah. is the sound of good th- good times. Yeah, I can't justify paying like $7 for a black it's coffee. It's not $7. That, <laughs> that is worse than what I can make. But that being said, yesterday, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I bought a, a black coffee that was pretty expensive. It actually wasn't that. Oh, at the bakery? From, yeah, we went to a local uh, French, French bakery, bakery yesterday for brunch. For brunch. It was great. It was but, so good. He got a hot coffee. I got a nice coffee. They were both phenomenal. But it was really hot outside. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, it's always hot And outside. only one of us was actively refreshed and it wasn't you <laughs> hey i was okay you're okay yeah i was fine I was, yeah I mean, you I was... seemed relatively unbothered i was not sure what that was about because that coffee was like steaming yeah yeah i um I, I was saying i hate the cups that like they give you at starbucks um you know the cups that you put the little cardboard piece around mm-hmm. because it keeps it too hot for like 20 minutes and then as soon as that 20 minutes is up it's it's a, a grossly cold yes and it's never, it's never a good happy There's medium. no, no, there's no in between. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. How about you? You've been curious about anything this week? Yes. So uh, this week, uh, weekend, I should say, when this episode comes out is Labor Day weekend for us. And every year on Labor Day weekend or Memorial Day weekend, I forget exactly what we're celebrating. Okay. Am I the only one? I don't know. No. <laughs> most people don't, you know, most people just take it at face value. You get a day off of work. It's nice. 
So I looked up what Labor Day was for because mm-hmm. I, I, I could have sworn it was something else. Like it had some something to do with like labor unions or something. Yeah. So it might. I didn't dig that deep into it, but basically Labor Day was uh, just kind of commemorated in Congress in 1894. Um, and Congress declared the first Monday in September a national holiday. And all it was for really was just to honor the nation's workers and their contributions to the well-being of the country. I think we should get more than one day for that. Just saying. (laughs) I don't think that we would ever uh, get one of those in in the 2020s. I don't think that the government would come on and say, you know what? You guys have been working so hard contributing to the GDP of our country. We're going to give you a day day off off. for nothing. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. That's only something that could take place in 1894. Yeah. So, But I'm glad we have it, and um, I'm glad we have the day off. I know a lot of you listening don't. Hopefully you have another day off. Hopefully you have a good hopefully, day, regardless. Yeah. Um, and if you do have off, hopefully you're doing something fun. Uh, real quick, we'd like to encourage everyone listening to follow the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review as well. It's free and it re- it really does help. Yeah, it helps. And it also like just genuinely means a lot to us. We yeah. read them all. Um, and it just gives us a little, warms our little hearts yeah. just to to see that someone took the time to write something kind about the work that we're putting in and putting out. Exactly. All right, let's get into our topic this week. So the Fermi paradox is what we're talking about. Is it the f- what? The Fermi paradox, like like Fermi. firm, kind of. Fermi, it's Fermi. Fermi. Uh, okay. We're going to explain what it is, why it's important, and the various theories on the topic. Um, but before I get into that, a little sidebar this is the first episode that either of us have ever done really without a script. Like I, I'm, I'm reading sort of from a script. I, I have bullet points in front of me, but I don't, I really don't have any hard script. So everything that I'm going to talk about is pulling from my own experience or my own knowledge. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to get some stuff wrong because I, I, the I, human brain I haven't, yeah. has flaws. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. I have bullet points. I don't have hard facts in front of me. Plus the fact that this topic, there really aren't any hard facts. It's all subjective, but okay. I'll get into what that means in a little bit here. Okay. So what is the Fermi paradox? So the, the paradox is nothing more than a thought experiment that a scientist and physicist named Enrico Fermi put forward uh, just as he was walking to lunch one day with one of his colleagues in the 1950s. So they were just casually walking, having a normal conversation and during that conversation, they started talking about recent UFO sightings. Okay. And again, this is in the 1950s, uh, when Fermi allegedly asked the simple question, where is everybody? And he didn't mean, where is everybody at the lunch table? He meant, <laughs> where is everybody in the universe? Uh, that is the fundamental question that is summed up by the kind of overarching Fermi paradox. Where is everyone? Put simply, the universe is a huge possibly infinite place and it's also extremely old so the most recent estimates put the age of the universe at around 13.7 billion years old and just given the sheer amount of space and the age of everything why have we not made contact with another civilization or why have we not discovered another species yeah so here's the chain of reasoning that enrico fermi himself kind of put together So there are billions of stars in the Milky Way, similar to the sun, similar to our own sun, with high probability 
some of these stars have Earth-like planets in a in the habitable zone, which just means that it's the right temperature and for life. For life, yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's a couple other factors, but essentially, just it's the it's a good place. It's called the Goldilocks zone between. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, between because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it's just perfect. Yeah, it's liquid water can exist without freezing or boiling off. Okay. So many of these stars, which are like our Earth, uh, and hence their planets, are much older than our own sun. If Earth-like planets planets are typical and abundant, some may and should have developed intelligent life a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Some of these civilizations may have developed interstellar travel, a step humans are now investigating. I mean, we're, you know, estimates put us maybe 100 years away from true interstellar travel interstellar travel is is literally traveling from our solar system to another planetary system okay. so uh, the nearest star is called alpha centauri hey I, I off the top of my head i'm not sure how many light years away it is but it basically if we were traveling at the speed of light it would take that many years for okay. us to get to this star so that's all interstellar travel is uh so even at the slow pace of currently envisioned interstellar travel so going as fast as we can today the Milky Way galaxy should be completely traver- would be completely traversed within a few million years. Since many of these sun-like stars are billions of years older than our sun, the Earth should have already been visited by extraterrestrial civilizations, uh, or at least their probes, or, yeah. or something that they sent out. Yeah, again, this is theoretical. However, there is no convincing evidence that this has happened. So that brings us back to the original question, where is everybody? Mm. In 1961, an astrophysicist named Frank Drake attempted to narrow down these statistics to an actual number. Put simply, he was trying to create an equation that would give us a number, and that number would be the number of technologically advanced civilizations within our universe. To How find, would you even figure that out? Well, to find that number, um, we first have to know a couple things. Yeah. So we have to know the rate of formation of stars in the galaxy. So how quickly stars go from just... A kind of a, combina- a combination of different gases and elements to what we know of as a star. Okay. Then we have to take the fraction of those stars with planetary systems. So some stars are not going to have any planets. Some stars are, like our own solar system. Okay. The- then you have to take the number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for organic life. So we have how, how many stars are there? How many planets are there around those stars and then how many of those planets around those stars are in the goldilocks zone where it's a good temperature then you have to take the fraction of those suitable planets where organic life actually appears so there may be planets out there that are in a good spot and everything kind of falls into place but for whatever reason there isn't life then you have to take the fraction of those habitable habitable planets where life appears and intelligent life exists. So not just plant life or bacterial life. Then you have to take that. Oh, gosh. And take the fraction of civilizations that have reached the technological level where we could detect or dis- they could dispatch signals from their planet. Okay. This is where we are right now. Okay. We have developed in the habitable zone. We have developed technology. We've sent signals out. Then we have to take the length of time that those civilizations dispatch their signals. So you have to take in the account of how long it actually takes those signals to get to us. Okay. Which is just based on how far that particular planet is. 
So given these parameters, we should be able to know exactly how many civilizations exist within the universe, specifically intelligent civilizations. The problem is that a few assumptions need to be made. For instance, some of the biggest ones, we don't know how many planets have organic life. Oh, yeah. We don't know how many planets have intelligent life. Yeah, and we, that's a good point. We don't know how many of those intelligent species or civilizations have reached a level to where they could send signals out that we could actually detect here on Earth. Those are the three biggest variables that we don't know. If we knew one of those, this equation would be solved and we could essentially, within reasons, figure out exactly how many uh, intelligent life forms there are in the galaxy if we had just one of those factors. But if we had one of those factors, it would prove that aliens exist, which would change everything. But that would be the one solution. Okay. So now we're left with our original question, where is everybody? So the Fermi Paradox has a couple of theories as to why we haven't made contact with another civilization. So basically why we haven't figured out another piece of that equation. I want to go through them. And as you're listening, um, some may make logical sense to you and some won't. So I'll give my personal opinions. I'll hold those until the end. Um, But for now, let's just look at a couple of the possible explanations as to why uh, we haven't received signal or haven't found proof of extraterrestrial life. Okay. So one theory is that extraterrestrial life is rare or non-existent. It might be that it just is so rare in the universe that the distances between them are just too far. So extraterrestrial life, things like plant life, whatnot, it's too far. We, we, it's, they're too far away and they're too rare. There just aren't many of them okay. for whatever number of reasons. Okay. Uh, the other is extraterrestrial intelligent life is rare or not existent. So maybe life in the universe oh. is abundant. Maybe it's everywhere. Maybe it's even on planets in our own solar system. But intelligent life, life that can, uh, you know, communicate, communicate, both communicate in an intelligible way um, and also develop technology that would allow us to detect them. Maybe that is what's rare. That is something I have not even considered. Uh, The other is a periodic extinction by natural events. Mm. So maybe just given enough time, planets undergo so much stress and so much change that, you know, the planets would kill off all the intelligent species or, or enough of the intelligent species to where they couldn't send communications out from their planet. Um, I mean, things we've seen on Earth, meteors killing off, you know, a good portion of the dinosaurs. We've seen catastrophic flooding. We've seen currently climate change, um, but that's not necessarily a new phenomenon. Uh, think back to the ice ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, they killed off yeah. a, a very large portion of, of mammals here on Earth and other, you know, animals and killed off a lot of humans too yeah another uh intelligent alien species may not have developed advanced technologies Uh, i don't put a lot of credence into this one um, but basically the theory is that aliens are abundant and intelligent aliens are abundant but they just haven't focused on technology in the way that humans have Mm. Uh, the next one and this is kind of this is a scary one because it hits a little close to home Um, The next theory as to why we haven't seen intelligent life is that it is the nature of intelligent life to destroy itself. Oh, oh my goodness. So put simply, for whatever reason, intelligent life everywhere in the universe or everywhere within the galaxy destroys itself after a certain point. Dang. Uh, This is, uh, I've heard people call this the great filter event. 
And uh, basically all they're saying is that at some point in time, there is a filter that happens where you have an intelligent species and they get to a certain point of technological advancement and then they disappear. Mm, and bananas. humans, scientists are currently wondering if we are already past that extinction level event or if it's in our near future, neither near or somewhat far away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So there's some theories not to be all doomsday on everybody, but there are some theories that maybe civilizations, intelligent civilizations, um, become too advanced and rapid climate change destroys them to the point where they can't, they cannot advance to be spacefaring creatures or, or intelligent life. Okay. Another option, maybe they develop, and these are just things that we're seeing here on Earth, so that's why we have our own theories. Um, for an alien species, these things could be totally different. Um, here on Earth, uh, artificial intelligence is, is you know, I don't have to tell anybody, it's picking up steam yeah. faster than, you know, you can really figure it out. Yes. Um, maybe artificial intelligence gets to a point where it is so advanced that it uh, kind of hijacks our own biosphere, our own ecosystem, and, and takes over. Don't like that. Um, those are just a couple of theories, you know, maybe, but alien civilizations could have their own vastly different extinction events. But maybe it is common that every civilization has to go through an extinction event and okay. destroy itself. Uh, the next one, it is the nature of intelligent life to destroy others. Oh. I want everybody to think about <laughs> colonization. Yeah. Take a little history lesson and look at what happens when humans interact with another culture. Mm-hmm. Almost every time it is catastrophic. Yeah. Almost every time. Maybe it is so embedded in intelligent species, maybe throughout the universe, that we need to overpower and and take out another civilization. Um, there's one theory that there is maybe there are maybe one or two highly highly advanced civilizations in the galaxy humans not being one of them yeah no um and they uh you know the theory is that they kind of hunt other civilizations oh my gosh and destroy them Uh, another civilizations only broadcast detectable signals for a brief period of time on earth we use radio waves to send out signals and if another civilization out in the universe were to detect us, um, it would probably be via radio signals. Hmm. We're already moving away from radio signals in terms of our communication services. Uh, we're moving to a lot more advanced technologies. Things like fiber optic cables are much faster and much more reliable. Yeah. But they're not detectable. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if an alien species were to be looking at Earth, they wouldn't see the data. The, the data that we send through fiber optic cables and... Uh, and whatnot would not be detectable in the way that radio waves were in the 30s throughout the 2000s. Yeah, okay. So we're kind of moving away from that. So it's only been, you know, a couple of decades, and we're kind of phasing that out. Maybe other civilizations are similar, and it's such a small period of time where they're actually using that technology that it just kind of goes right over our head. It's such a small blip that we don't even notice. Another theory, Alien, this is, again, I'm going to save my, my own thoughts, but um, another theory is that alien life may be too incomprehensible for us to understand. Alien life might be so vastly different from us that we have no reference point as to what they are or what they what they do or what their motivations are. We, we would literally have no idea. And this is a very scary concept for a lot of people. Yeah. It's also kind of hard to grasp. 
it is hard to grasp, like, by its very nature. Yes. It, it's like asking you to comprehend something that is literally in- incomprehensible. Yes, yes. Science fiction writers, obviously, um, have tried to come up with different things, but they're, it just everything kind of goes back to things that we have experience on. Because if you're yes. talking about something that humanity as a whole doesn't have experience with, how do you relate to any of that? Exactly. You kind of can't. Like, there's just no way to, if you have never experienced anything even like similar to it you just you got nothing right right another theory alien species may have only settled part of our own galaxy so this is kind of uh zooming in a little bit kind of uh you know looking a little less broadly and and focusing in on just our galaxy okay uh it could be that just given the the space of time alien civilizations you know maybe and this goes back to maybe if they are a bit more rare than what scientists believe Maybe they've only uh, explored and inhabited a small fraction of our galaxy, and we just haven't been looking there. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's a possibility. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, another is that alien species may not live on planets at all. They may be kind of transient species that live on generation ships. Maybe something happened to their planet, and they had to kind of bail. I mean, we're mm. looking at this now. Like, we're, te- you know, we're in the early days of this yeah. here on Earth. Yeah. Like, if something catastrophic happens here on Earth, could we build a spacefaring ship or, or something similar to survive? Um, think of Wally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically exactly what, uh, what this theory is suggesting. And if they were, if they don't live on planets, then how do you find something that's just moving around? I mean, it's like, yeah. what is it? Yeah. Was it King Midas that was trying to find the, or I, it had something to do with King Midas, I, I want to say, um, with the turtle that moves around. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh... <laughs> I think it's, I think it was one of the Aladdin movies, like one of the, the direct to video sequels mm. where they're trying to find the Midas, hand of Midas. Um, and it's, it's on the back of a turtle, but that turtle is never in the same place twice. So it becomes this is like, not ringing a bell. Okay, I, I, it, sh- it probably will for some people who like it's a really deep cut VHS. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like that. How do you find something that's constantly moving? Yeah, makes a lot more. It makes it a lot harder. Uh, another alien species may isolate themselves from the outside world. This is also known as the dark forest theory. Ooh. Oh, why yeah. is it called that? Well. Uh, the theory goes that if you are an intelligent species in the woods and you know there is a hunter in the woods, okay, are you going to yell uh, your spot and say, hey, I'm right here. I'm over here. Certainly not. Exactly. Maybe species are intelligent. Maybe other intelligent species are intentionally hiding. Yeah, I can understand that. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought, but I can understand it. Yeah, I can too. Based on humanity. Yeah, exactly. And this goes back to the fact that maybe uh, it's natural for intelligent species to want to destroy each other. Mm -hmm. Um, For most likely, I mean, from a human concept, uh, it would probably be for resources. Like you get to a point where you use so much energy, you deplete your own planet of its natural resources, oil, gas, water. Uh, So you start traveling to other planets right and uh kind of harvesting them for their resources the other thing that came to mind for me is like we fear things that we don't understand right Right. so it could be destroying it because we don't understand it and therefore we think it's unsafe right right um and there is another and i can't i apologize i can't off the top of my head there's something called a wager and it's like a name wager where okay here's a thought experiment if 
it, it goes back to game theory. If, if our listeners know anything about game theory, if we broadcast a signal and it turns out that an alien species is friendly and helpful, benevolent, the only, oh, there's two options. One is that they are, if we broadcast a signal, two options, is, or one option is that we are, they are nice. And one option is that they are malevolent want to destroy us we send out a signal we have a 50 50 shot basically yes if we send out no signal we have a 100 percent chance of being okay yeah so maybe it's just that every other intelligent species have come to this point where they say okay if we send out this signal uh there's a shot that another species is going to pick this up and they're headed straight here to take uh whatever resources we have destroy us whatever it is that they want to do but if we stay quiet then we're okay. We're okay. We're fine. Nobody yeah. will find us. It's all good. That's the dark forest theory. Uh, this is especially scary for me personally because we, humans are not isolating themselves. Not at all. We are doing the exact opposite. Yes. We have been sending radio signals out into the world since the radio wave was was discovered yeah. and radio technology has been established. We are, in a cosmic sense, we are yelling to the galaxy, hey, we're mm-hmm. right here. We're mm-hmm. literally like, this is exactly where we are come on over yes um are you familiar with the voyager probes uh vaguely yes 70s 80s i I can't remember the u.s government sent out two probes called voyager one and voyager two um and they sent them out uh they did flybys of saturn jupiter um believe neptune um and they sent them out to observe distant distant planets but they sent them also with the intention um that they would one day escape our solar system and they are they are out of our solar system. They are the only human-made objects that are beyond the furthest orbit of the furthest planet in our solar wow. system. They are now in what's called interstellar. Okay. They're in the space between solar systems in, in, in our galaxy. Uh, really, really far. Not very far in the grand scheme of things, on the cosmic scheme of things. But for humans, that's really far. Yes. On those spacecraft, there are golden plates that kind of look like records. Like, like audio records. Uh-huh. Um, there are photos. Okay. There are There is an, an anatomy diagram showing what humans look like, how we reproduce, um, where our vital organs are. Oh, good. Um, there are, uh, there's things that are maybe a little bit more subjective, like cultural references from all around the world. This was a big deal when yeah. these probes were sent. Every country, you know, or every developed country kind of contributed something that okay. they wanted to give. Say so like, hey, if an alien species sees this, what do we want them to perceive from us? Uh, the alphabet is in there, numbers. There's a lot of math in there, kind of breaking down how we do our calculations. Mm-hmm. Um, our very basic principles of physics, the things that make our, literally make our world go around in modern society yeah um and we just kind of sent it out there uh, and just kind of hope for the best so we are not we're not doing this no we're doing the opposite this feel that feels so stupid to me and it wasn't until i mean i'm sure there were some scientists that were like hey are we sure we really want to do this yeah but it wasn't until you know a couple decades later that that we really established this theory this dark forest theory okay so at the time they were possibly under the impression that like there can't be anything bad out there they just want to understand us yeah yeah, yeah. it was a lot more optimistic Ugh. um and now people are, are looking back and saying eh, maybe we shouldn't have done that yeah um all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna breeze through these uh, next couple here okay um so alien species may isolate themselves from the outside world that's the dark forest theory uh may, maybe the lack of resources needed to physically spread throughout the galaxy uh, it's just too great. Maybe there's just not enough material 
to be able to build spacefaring civilizations. Okay. Not enough gas. Yeah. Think of it, it's super simple. If we wanted to get the biggest car in the world, we don't have enough gas for it. Yeah. So maybe it's just we, we just don't have it. Um, maybe information is cheaper to transmit than matter is to transfer. What do I mean by that? Um, when you send an email uh, to China or when you send an email to your pen pal in Japan, it doesn't really cost you anything. Right. The data is so minuscule. Yeah. When you do a video chat with somebody from across the uh, across the world, yeah, across the road, from <laughs> 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 across the world, um, the cost of that information traveling such a far distance is basically zero. Yes. If you want to travel with your with your big old with your if you want to take your old your your own body and you want to travel <laughs> and you want to travel to India, think about the energy that that has to be expended for you to get there yeah maybe it is just immeasurably cheaper and easier to send information um maybe we're not detecting anything because maybe spacefaring civilizations aliens are not spacefaring at all physically maybe they're sending information to different regions um one theory that i read about this said that if Artificial intelligence and if virtual reality and augmented reality get so advanced that um, being able to kind of plug into another source feels like reality, feels like you're really there, what would be the point of going there? Yeah. If you could, if you could dip into your brain, if you could have a brain implant or, or whatever, you know, whatever the technology, wherever the technology is headed, why would you get on a plane and go see the Leaning Tower of Pisa? When you could put on that headset and feel like you're there. For all intents and purposes, you are there. Maybe your body physically isn't there. Why would you go there? Oh, I don't like that. Maybe that's why we haven't kind of haven't seen physical beings experience them, experience their signals. Maybe it's just they're they're living on kind of a digital plane. Okay. And that's where we're headed as well. Humans, uh, another theory, humans have not listened properly. Humans, typically, we're looking in radio waves. radio telescopes um we send these out so in our limited naive human brains we think we're sending these i'm sure other civilizations use these types of signals as well Mm. but that might not be the case they might be on a completely different wavelength than us maybe they speak through microwave microwaves or gamma rays or, or maybe they're sending transmissions in ways that we can't even really comprehend yeah that's a real possibility kind of our knowledge of physics yeah so we're listening to the wrong things Uh, Another option is that we haven't listened for long enough. Space is really, really, really big. Yeah. And really old. Maybe, and we've only been listening since uh, the mid mid twentieth century. Right. It seems like a long time on a human scale. It seems like we've we've been doing it for a while, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not even it's not even a blip. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very very brief period of time. And this kind of uh, kind of rolls into the next theory here uh intelligent life may simply be too far away and this one really makes me sad yeah yeah uh you know maybe maybe the universe and maybe our own galaxy is filled with life but we're all kind of bound by physics and we will never be able to communicate with them yeah that is sad or if we do communicate with them you know we're talking ten thousand light years we're sending a message they receive it they go oh shit (laughs) there's someone out there (laughs) let's go send a message back Ten thousand light years later 10,000 years later, we get it back on Earth. What does that really do for us? Yeah. You know? That's very true. Um, there is another theory, though, that maybe uh, other civilizations have sent out that message okay. 9,999 years ago. 
Oh, man. And what if we're one year away from receiving that message? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. We will we'll receive it. Maybe we'll understand it. Maybe it'll be total gibberish. Right. Um, but if we decide to send a message back... Might be too late. It, it might be too late. 10,000 years? Yeah. It might go back to one of these other theories that maybe the na- natural inclination is for civilizations to destroy themselves yeah or destroy other civilizations yeah it's almost definitely too far of a kind of a distance so that's a sad one um that's a really sad one for me because it it just kind of feels like it puts us in a prison yes of space and time yes yeah uh the next intelligent life may exist hidden from view this also ties in with the dark force theory that maybe civilizations are hiding but it also kind of it, it gives uh credence to maybe uh we just can't understand what they look like. Oh. So maybe maybe it's as simple as they live under their planet, like under the surface of their planet. Mm. Maybe maybe all intelligent life in our galaxy lives underwater and we're the anomaly that that crawled out and lives above and lives on land. Oh, I don't care for that. Yeah, so that's a possibility just to go on a real quick side tangent. The uh, the moon in our own galaxy uh, Enceladus and there's also Io and there's also Europa is the biggest one. Europa, they believe there is an ocean underneath the surface ice. So it's a it's a whole planet covered by ice. Okay. And you look at it and you see that's a big ball of ice. Okay. Under that ice, there is a liquid water ocean. Okay. That is larger than all of Earth's oceans put together. That is bananas. What could be down there? I, I don't know. I'm not the, sure. I, I want to know. The ice is miles thick. So it Dang. would be it would be incredibly hard. Miles and miles thick. So it would be incredibly hard for us to actually dig down there. Right. Um, I saw some plans, some like NASA thought experiments where they, maybe they could uh, send a nuclear warhead, activate the nuclear warhead and kind of use it to just dig down through yeah. the ice because it generates so much heat and so much power. Uh, that's kind of our working theory. We're still a long, long ways from finding out what's under the ice. But maybe maybe other life in the universe, intelligent life, advanced life, maybe they're, they're just not surface dwellers. Okay. All right. Maybe they're just out of view for for one reason or another. Right. Uh, Another advanced civilizations may limit their search for life to technological signatures. Um, This goes back to the fact that we haven't been broadcasting ourselves for very long. Maybe there are looking, maybe other intelligent life is looking for a signal that we haven't developed yet, that we are still in the process or haven't even thought about developing. Okay. If that were the case... Aliens wouldn't have interacted with us because either they couldn't detect us or they figured, what's the point? They're not even that advanced. All they have is like really rudimentary radio waves. Why would we even contact them? We're looking for blank rays Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know. Something more advanced than what we currently have. They're looking for a specific signature. And this goes back to uh, the nuclear programs on Earth. So have you heard of these theories, and this is where I put on my tinfoil hat, (laughs) have you heard of these theories that uh, UFO sightings and and extraterrestrial encounters um, started after the detonation of the first atomic weapon? I haven't. Okay, well that is is a working theory, Okay, is that maybe advanced species that are observing Earth and observing our civilization, maybe the invention and implementation of nuclear weapons or nuclear power in general, where we literally split an atom in half, uh, maybe that is the technological signature that they look for. Oh. So now that we have that technology, we're kind of brought into this this observation of other civilizations, and that's why 
there's been so many sightings. Okay. Since the 40s. Oh, my brain is just having a real time with this. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, the couple more here, if you can hang on with me. If I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners as well. Uh, everyone is listening, but no one is transmitting. Uh, and then this ties directly into communication is dangerous. Going back to the dark forest theory. Everybody's yeah. listening. Everybody can hear all of our dumb little songs that we sent out through radio waves and all our little dumb messages that we sent out into the into the universe. But everybody's staying quiet. They're hiding in their bunkers. They're saying, why would we let them know we're here? Oh, yeah, that does go back to one of the ones you said before. I heard an analogy once. Um, think about a duck hunter hiding in a swamp. Mm. They don't know where those ducks are until they hear a quack. Right. Bang, and then they shoot them. Right. We might be those ducks. Oh, God. Uh, the next is that Earth is being deliberately avoided. This is one of my favorite theories. Um, this theory is that Earth is just a, the Alabama. No offense to any <laughs> listeners from Alabama. But the theory is that Earth is the backwoods of the universe. I could see that. Yeah. And this is a, you know this is a possibility, just like any of these others. Right. Maybe Earth sucks. Maybe Earth is the Walmart of of the galaxy Again, and of the no universe. Again, no offense to Walmart. Walmart does its thing, but it's Walmart. No, no, no. I mean offense we, to Walmart. We, <laughs> if you, you get it, folks, hopefully. Sometimes Walmart isn't, like, the place to be. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not where you want to go. Neither is Earth. If you Earth... want to feel good about yourself, go to Target. Yeah. <laughs> so this theory is that Earth sucks. Yeah. Why would We suck. We stink. We literally stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We kill ourselves with with bullets and and we fight over we fight over food and water and yeah. gas and resources and we just suck. Maybe the universe, maybe the other intelligent species in the in our galaxy, locally or otherwise, maybe they're just uh, benign. Maybe they are good, hmm. and maybe they don't want to entangle with us because we know we're just going to mess it up. Yeah, I can understand that. This other theory is um, very a sobering theory. And it is also a very likely theory, depending on who you talk to. Okay. Is that Earth is deliberately isolated. Mm. And you hear that and you think, oh, so they're just avoiding us. No, no, no. There is a theory called the zoo hypothesis that Earth is a scientific experiment conducted by extraterrestrials. This experiment, when you do any experiment, you have to let it run its course. Yeah, naturally and if, see what happens on its own right if you intervene the experiment is ruined yes this theory is that 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 explains why extraterrestrials haven't intervened in our lives is because they are simply observing us yeah i feel we were t- kind of talking about this the other day weren't we yeah yeah yep oh yeah so and the question that some doomsdayers have kind of put forth is uh what happens when an experiment gets tainted or ruined you scrap it you scrap it and you start over yeah you start from square one again putting on my tinfoil hat this goes back to a lot of people who believe in the panspermia theory um which is just that an uh alien civilization galactic civilization whatever intelligent being um planted humans on earth for a deliberate purpose Okay. Uh, if you've ever seen Prometheus, which is in the Alien franchise, like the Alien oh. movie franchise, uh, this is kind of uh, this is kind of the same theory. In that case, the the this galactic civilization or, or the intelligent civilization, I think they were known as the Architects, and 
essentially they put humans on Earth for reasons that I can't remember because I haven't seen the movie in years. Uh, but the reasons could be endless. Um, this also ties into the theory that we are being harvested. Oh my gosh. For probably not food, but for something. Maybe maybe aliens have got the ball rolling, gave us some technological advancements, and maybe they are waiting for us to work towards something for their behalf. Get to a point where we can we can generate so much power and then they just kind of go in and take it away from us because we've done our job. Our experiment is complete. Our gar- The garden has grown and now you can pluck the tomatoes off the vine. I don't like the way this makes me feel. Uh, last theory. Aliens are already here. Unacknowledged. Okay, I've considered that. Yeah, I don't have to explain it to no. this to anybody. Uh, this, If that were the case, this would make all of the other arguments kind of uh, useless. Moot. Useless. <laughs> yeah, moot. Um, you know, the theory is that they're here in hiding. Uh, this is like where modern conspiracy comes in, modern government conspiracy comes in, mm. and is, is real heavy. Uh, this is also kind of where our UFO craze of the 21st century and of the 2020s um, this is where this kind of lands as well, given government disclosure, um, the recent congressional hearings. Yeah. Yep. This is where a lot of people fall. So I mentioned I would give my own opinions once we went through all the hypotheses. Hypotheses. Here's what I think um, that's based on nothing more than my gut feeling. Take this with a big old grain of salt, mm-hmm. big old grain of MSG. I think our lack of alien observation is a combination of alien life being too incompre- incomprehensible as well as our listening capabilities being too narrow. Okay. That is my gut feeling. That is what, if, if you know, gun to my head, if you said, what do you, what do you believe about this situation? I think alien life is incomprehensible in that our current understanding cannot wrap our brains around it. Yeah. Especially technologically. I think if aliens are real and they're out there i think they would have developed under such different conditions that we wouldn't be able to relate on maybe any facet oh and because of that our listening technology is it just is worthless to, yeah that could make sense that makes sense yeah yeah we're, we're still learning so many things about physics and dark energy and dark matter and black holes wormholes maybe this the maybe the the environment is just so different for an alien species that we're useless to try and explain it with our our reference points so okay. that is where i stand personally okay i'm curious what everyone else thinks um so please leave a comment on our instagram or, or on the episode notes or, or whatever it might be um and we can you know maybe talk about it in a later episode just kind of see what the consensus is i've given my opinion mm-hmm. do you have any opinions it's okay if you don't. I know it's a lot. Yes, I'm processing. Yeah. Um, ask me again later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it up when, you know, maybe we read some responses. Uh, but this is, you know, again, this was all top of mind, literally, and just kind of culturally. It's been on the top of people's minds. I just wanted to present the various theories. Um, I have no resolution. <laughs> this is not a story. This is just me telling you the different theories going on. Yeah. Um, any of these could be true. All of these could be true. None of these could be true. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And I hope we know by my lifetime. I'm relatively young. <laughs> I, I hope, you know, maybe we have some more concrete answers. There's a good chance yeah. that we won't. Yeah. Uh, I also, I don't have any sources for you this week because the sources are so, I mean, you know, I've been 
I, I've been an enthusiast of astrobiology and astrophysicists, astrophysics my entire life. Um, so these are just kind of things that I have picked up on. Okay. So this is just kind of my attempt at, at putting them together, putting my thoughts together. If you want some recommendations, uh, The Three-Body Problem, it's a novel, it's a fiction novel um, by an, by a Chinese author. I believe his name is Shinjin Liu, I want to say is his name. It's a, it's a fictional novel uh, that really gets into the dark forest theory. Oh. So if you're curious about that, it's a, there's yeah. a whole, I think it's a trilogy or there might even be four books. Uh, it's incredible. I haven't read it. I listened to it. So, you know. So you read we, it. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Um, they're free on public library apps if you want to go that route. Hmm. They're pretty long. But that's my recommendation. But I don't have any sources. And I, I'm sorry to leave you guys on this sober <laughs> note. But I, again, I, I, you know, I just wanted to present these ideas. Hopefully you're a little bit more knowledgeable and you can kind of talk intelligently about these things to your crazy uncle who's spewing out nonsense. Nice. Um, this is not fringe science anymore. Mm. This is something that is, that is really being looked at yeah. by the U S government and by various governments. So it's okay to talk about, you don't have to hide anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to hide these conversations. You can have real intelligent convers scientific conversations about these things. Yes. Um, so, you know, get out there talk to people about it. It's gonna, I can guarantee it's going to spark up a, a, something interesting if they're willing to humor you about these things and, mm -hmm. and talk to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week, everyone. I appreciate you listening to my hour long rant. Mm -hmm. Um, if, uh, if anybody has any suggestions for future episodes, please let me know, let us know, uh, in our Instagram, Instagram comments. Katie will be back next week with, yeah. with her topic. But in the meantime, I hope you all have a good rest of your week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.